to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Is 
tradition Break down the walls All my religion Your way is better Your way is better Shake up the ground Of all my tradition Break down the walls Of all my religion Your way is better Your way is better Break down the walls of all my religion Your way is better Your way is better Shake up the ground of all my tradition Break down the walls of all my religion Your way is better Your way is better Better. Your way is better. 
Lord, we surrender all this morning. We surrender to your will and to your way. Lord, as we get ready to remember you, to remember you, Lord, we say have your way. Have your way in our lives. In every aspect, in every area, have your way, Jesus. This morning, if you don't have your uh, communion cup, go ahead and raise your hands. The ushers will walk around and give you the, the elements. But stay right here. Stay in prayer right now. Right now, start to, start to release anything that you're holding on to. That grief, that pain, that resentment, the anger, the sadness, the loneliness. Start to just release that right now. The unforgiveness. <laughs> you won't even forgive yourself. Come on, this morning, receive the Lord's forgiveness. Right now, this morning, let go and let God. We don't take this lightly. Jesus said to forgive those who have caused us harm. And just as he forgives us, forgive those who trespass against us. So Lord, right now, we forgive. Lord God, right now, we forgive. Come on, church, start to pray. Lord, we forgive, we receive, we receive right now. We receive your forgiveness, we receive your mercy, we receive your love. Oh Lord, we let go right now. We repent of all of our mistakes. And we just ask right now, God, you would fill us up. Fill us up, Jesus. As we go before you this morning, fill us up. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you that your blood is what makes us righteous. It's your blood, Lord. It's your forgiveness, Lord, your mercy, your righteousness, your holiness. We receive that this morning. I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that anyone who has forgotten who they are, that they are loved, that they are beloved, God. Remind them who they are, Lord. They are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Bought with a price. Mm, Jesus. Luke 22, verse 13 says, They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. I started with this verse because sometimes we need to trust, I'm sorry, all the time we need to trust Jesus. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. See, they didn't know how the Lord was going to provide this amazing banquet and this food and this wine that everybody always talks about. You know, a lot of people talk about it, but they didn't know how. They had no clue. But Jesus told them, hey, listen, go to this house and tell them that the master is coming. <laughs> tell them that the master is coming. And they said, okay, Lord, whatever you say, we're going to go. And, you know, and they went and they told them and they prepared a feast. And sometimes we need to remember that. Trust God. He is preparing the way before you. He will provide for you. And I don't just mean physically or financially. I mean everything, emotionally and spiritually and mentally. Verse 14 says, and when the hour came, 
Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus knew he was about to suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Listen, at this time, you can go ahead and open up your elements and take out that little wafer. Listen, I understand it's a little, just a little white wafer and it almost has no substance to it and see through, but listen, it represents Jesus. That, that white, pure little wafer represents Jesus, the Lamb of God who was Amen. slain yes. for us. Yes. And I want to encourage you this morning to go ahead and break it in half break it in half. Although Jesus' body, it says, the word of God says that he never broke one bone, but his body was torn for us. It was torn for us. And listen, this is not a guilt trip. This is the word of God. His body was torn for us. He died on the cross for you, for me, for our freedom. Go ahead and eat that. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. We eat this in remembrance of you, Jesus. You're so holy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. At this time, you may open that little juice cup that represents the blood of Jesus the blood that saves Lord thank you I just thank you Lord for this juice that represents your blood and Lord I just ask you that you would always remind me Lord that I was purchased with a price that salvation isn't free it costs you everything Lord so, Lord, I just ask personally that you forgive me, Lord, when I take it for granted. Remind me who I am, Jesus. I drink this in remembrance of you, Lord, and your sacrifice and all you have done for me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
wonderful makes me feel good for a moment but man when the sound ends and all that goes away and there's an intimate spot you need to be with him you need to be able to find him you need to be able to talk to him you need to be able to rest in his arms mm. we just can't take moments like this for granted like I just believe this is where change comes. This is where things change in your life. This is how he moves in us and through us, through intimate moments. I just don't recall anywhere in the Bible where Jesus is going around and he's jumping up and down and getting everybody to worship with him and trying to hype people up. And he's sitting down with them and he's loving on them and he's having a conversation. And he's teaching them and he's loving them. It doesn't make any of the other stuff bad. It just means we've got to be so open to both. See, it's fun to jump up and down. It's fun to be excited. It, all that's fun and it, and it builds an energy. But then there's a moment and there's going to be times in your life when you're going through stuff and there's nobody around playing a guitar, playing a drum, playing a keyboard, trying to get you hyped up, trying to get you jumping around. It's just going to be you and him. And he's still going to say, I'm right here. Like, you're just not looking for me in the same way because you only see me in the lights and in the, in the jumping up and down and in the big music. And you need to see me where I'm sitting. You need to see me where I'm at because I want to be right where you're at. Man, and that's just where it all happens. Mm -hmm. 
know about you, but when I'm at home in prayer, I'm not like, like there's times in my house where I worship and I jump up and down. But most of my time in prayer, I'm sitting there and I'm just intimate with him, you know? And then, and then things happen. Like I can pray for people and I feel things move. You know, there's times we come in here on Mondays Man, we just come in here and the music is playing and man, we are, we are just seeking God with all of our heart and we're just praying and he's showing up in a mighty, mighty way. So all this is important. He just wants us to recognize him. <laughs> he just wants us to remember that he's right there. we'll look to all kinds of different things to get answers and he says I am here I'm sitting right next to you mm. <laughs> okay Lord he's putting it on my heart just to share kind of what he does in these moments this last Monday we had prayer in here and we're worshiping I mean we're going at it and we're praying and if you've never been out on a Monday night, it can get pretty powerful. And in those moments when he starts showing up and we're praying, he starts moving. You know, we came in specifically for a young man who's, whose oxygen levels were like in the 60s. They called in his family to remove him and say goodbye. And they said they're gonna give him like a day to two days. And his family came in from all over to come see him and we're praying like we're calling his name out and we're just praying and praying and praying and man that next morning the next afternoon I'm sorry we get notified that well his oxygen levels are at 100 and we don't know what's going on but his oxygen levels are at 100 I mean look guys there's and it's hard to do that when I'm jumping up and down and I'm screaming and shouting because I'm praising him and that's awesome. And I'm worshiping him and that's awesome. And he loves that. And that's, I mean, we're gonna be, man, oh man, we're gonna be circling and circling and holy and holy. We're gonna be bowing down and praising him and all that's good. But man, I have a hard time praying to him when I'm jumping up and down, but man, I can thank him and I can be thankful. But man, when I settle down, he starts reading my heart and I can start speaking to him and then things happen. Like he moves and mountains can move and man, and this is where he wants us like every day of our lives that's why it says day and night and night and day and day and night and night and day and if we learn to do that if we learn to posture ourselves that way if we learn to seek him like that and it doesn't mean that you have to do it all day but you will and you won't even know it but if we can learn to be there and be in that oh man life changes peace comes over us thanksgiving comes out of us comfort comes in all of a sudden there's no stress and there's no worries and and man he's just handling everything doesn't mean there's no pressure it just means that during the pressure there's calm doesn't mean there's not a storm it just means in the storm he brings peace right so it doesn't stop the storm what it stops is how you respond to it come on because as far as I can remember in the storms, there was no screaming and shouting back at the storm at the same level the storm was coming at you. He just said, peace be still. So if we're that grounded in him, if we're that rested in him, if we're that close to him, if we're that intimate with him, 
what happens is when the storm comes, you just say, peace be still. Peace be still. And you can get up and go about your day. Man, and life is good. So I encourage you, man, just find these moments where, yeah, there's an awesome time where we can run around and worship and shout and scream, and that's amazing. But there's also gonna be times when you gotta surrender to the silence. And you just have to sit at his feet and you just have to let him move in and do what he wants to do in your heart. And for some of you, if you're like me, eventually there'll be a tear that comes out and I don't know where those come from, right? They were never there before. But once I got to know him, all of a sudden things start flowing out of me. Then I'm like, what is that? I haven't cried in my whole life. And I can just sit at his feet and weep. And there's healing in that. It's almost like everything inside just comes out and he just takes it. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. So just remember, this is a good posture to be in. It's a good place to be when you can just sit there and feel his comfort and his arms wrap around you and love you. Man, do you have something? Come here, come and share. It goes right along with what he was saying, really, when you think about it. But I was over there and we're talking about day and night, night and day, night and day. We worship, we worship, we will worship, we will worship. Well, this is beautiful, like he said, when we worship together here. Isn't it wonderful? And I mean, I wish we could do this 24-7 and in our hearts we can. We can have a posture of worship in our heart 24-7, but it's kind of hard to do it this way, right? There's a real life that we have to do. So how do we worship day and night in the real life? When you're with your kids, when you're with your spouse, when you're cleaning your house, when you're doing your job, when you're having to stop at a, at a light for somebody who's in your way or whatever, you know? And this verse came to my heart and it says, it's Romans 12, 12, one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I urge you in view, meaning look at his mercy. When you look at his mercy, when you look at the cross, when you look at what he did, now offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, your body, every part of you, every part of your life, morning, day, night, every bit of it, offer it as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is beautiful, but true and proper worship is when he has urged you, when you look at me and then you decide that that is worthy enough to give your life a holy and pleasing, like that is holy and pleasing to God. That is true and proper worship. And then when you go down, like he said, when you just quiet yourself, you just still yourself before the Lord, you just lay before him, you just sit before him, Maybe you're having a, a quarrel with someone and you just wait before you respond. That's a sacrifice, right? You're sacrificing yourself for how you wanna respond. We wanna respond a lot of different ways, but if we would just wait, and if we would just give ourselves as a sacrifice and say, God, I'm gonna be still before you, what do you want me to do? That is worship. Waiting before the Lord is worship. And then it goes down. I love this because another thing coming to my heart was worship is when day to day we're putting aside our preferences. 
We're putting aside what we might want to do. You know, that Monday night, there's probably things y'all wanted to do, but it was sacrificial to come and pray for the boy. And that's true and proper worship. So then we come down here and it says in 12, let's start in five. So in Christ, we, though many, though many of us, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Okay, right, we're sacrificing. True and proper worship, we're sacrificing. We all have different gifts according to the grace He's given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then goodness sake, teach. Not if you want to, teach because He gave you the gift from His grace. If it is to encourage them by goodness gracious, encourage. Give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, get up and do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. That is the living sacrifice day and night and night and day, whether we want to, whether we feel like it, whether we're tired, whether we think we're worthy or up to the, to the task. He said, you give me that sacrificially. And that is the good and the pleasing and the proper and the real worship every day and then when you worship here that's even more glorious because every day of the week you've been worshiping him with every encounter that you have with the gift he's given you by his grace and in, in view of his mercy it is the least of the least of the least that we can do the very least we can do is give him everything he did not deal with us according to what we deserved. Can you imagine if he had given you what you deserve? If he had dealt with you based on what you deserve? Praise God in light of his mercy. He bought us. We are his. Now our lives belong to him every moment. That is true worship. So just think about that. That's huge. That Monday night, even when people came out, they came out because they have a gift and the grace to pray. Like she said, probably not because, probably not because they just had nothing else to do and they thought, I guess I'll just go to the church. But they understood what was inside of them and they came to serve with that. And because of that, they got to be part of something so much bigger than what you could ever think. And here's what you got to understand when you start understanding those things and what God's giving you and how you do these things and why we're a family and why we all operate together. Coming to church is no longer about you. See, a lot of times we get so caught up in the fact that, well, man, he's in a series that I've already heard about, or I don't really care about that, or I'm not getting anything today. I didn't get anything last week. And then I got to remind you, it's not about you right well what if you're supposed to be here because what god's put inside of you is supposed to come out of you and bless somebody else see this is a family this is a unit this is this is how we operate and everything you have inside of you belongs to everybody else so what if you're just supposed to be here to shake somebody's hand and give them a hug but you didn't want to come because you're like i don't know man i i just man it takes too long it's a long long service i guess i won't go today when the whole point, God's like, just if you come, there's something I put inside of you that's going to be released on somebody that needs it, right? That, that's waiting for it. 
Man, it's so good. When we get into that mindset, when we understand how much he loves us and how he wants to use us that way, this is just a gathering of, man, family that comes together and we get to bless each other, kind of like last week. I don't know if you noticed last week, but we didn't come out of worship. But during worship, people were healed during worship. People were prayed for during worship. People started giving words to each other. So there was no need for me to come up and say anything last week because the family was fed and the family was taken care of. Then there was peace and love and then nobody wanted to leave. So we said, go home and they still stuck around. It's just how he wants to do it sometimes. We just gotta get everything out of our mind that we think is right. <laughs> that we think is supposed to be this way and let him do what he wants to do. And when you actually obey that and walk in that, man, it's good. So, oh man. So thank you, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you that we can come worship you. Thank you that even when we don't worship you, you still love us, Lord. Thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You'll always be there. Hmm. Father, we just love you. And we thank you for the, the healings. We thank you for the restoration in the house. We thank you, Father, that you're breaking chains in this house. We thank you that you're joining people in this house and, and they're being a blessing to each other and a blessing to this community and a blessing to their work and a blessing to their school. Father, thank you that you're using us in that way. So Father, we surrender today to you. Have your way. Do what you want to do, Lord. Ah, oh, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you, and we thank you that we get to be part of this. Thank you for allowing us to be part of what you want to do. Oh, we just lift you up this morning, Father. Oh, we love you, we love you. We just, man, we just give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. It's good stuff. So here's the deal. We're just going to kind of transition a little bit, take a moment to say hi to some people, love on some people you hadn't seen in a bit. I don't care. Get a coffee, go to the bathroom, whatever that looks like. And uh, um, sorry if you came back this week expecting last week. He wants me to share something with you today. <laughs> I haven't spoken in two weeks, y'all, so come on. Uh, but yeah, just go ahead and get some stuff. Let's release the kids. Let's pray over the kids. Father, we love you. We thank you for these children, Lord. We thank you for these children. And Father, we just, man, we know what you're doing in them. So continue, Father, to light a fire inside of them. Continue to let them know how loved they are and how good you are. So Father, just give them wisdom and knowledge. Father, be with our teachers and our pastors and everybody who touches them today. Father God, we ask that you just bless them. Bless these kids. Bless this generation. Bless the next generations. So, Father, we thank you for that, and we love you in Jesus' name. And then we'll have our offering up here during the break. Uh, look, the Lord wants to, I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to be part of something big. So if he's speaking to you this morning about giving and, and what you should do, we're going to receive offering. And, man, we just love what God's doing. We can't do it without you, and he wants to use you. So um, just be part of that with us and uh, just do it cheerfully. If you ever get a tithing envelope, if you read it, it says, I'm going to give with a cheerful heart. <laughs> That's important, y'all. So important that you're thankful that you get to give. So, so, Father, we're thankful today that we can give. We're thankful, Lord, for what you're doing. So, Father, just bless it, multiply it, do what you want to do with it, Father, because I know the plans you have for us. So, Father, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we'll be right back.
Come on, good morning. How's everybody doing? Is that a little hot this morning? That's kind of a lot. That's kind of hot. How about we bring that down a little bit, Jacob? Can you bring that down a little bit? I'll make sure I don't blow somebody's eardrums out. Can you all hear me? Is that good? Yeah, that's good right there. Good job. Come on. How's everybody doing this morning? If we get louder, they might come in. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. Come on. Hopefully that'll get everybody in here. <laughs> They're missing out, not us. Come on. It's good to see everybody. Um, thank you all for coming out. I'm excited about today. I'm already excited about what God's doing. Can, can we do this this morning? Uh, if you're a veteran, could you stand up, please? If you're a veteran, could you stand up? Come on, guys. Let's honor them, please, uh, for everything they've done, everything they've served, all the sacrifice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you see them and you saw people stand up, thank them later. Um, I'm telling you guys, it's just dear to my heart. So uh, dear to my heart. So we can't do it without y'all. We appreciate all the sacrifice and everything you've done. So it's a good part of our family here, and I love that. Uh, I love that. So just wanted to honor those that served. Um, but yeah, so welcome. Uh, if you look, it's, uh, if you're a first time guest or guess what, you haven't been here in a little while, chances are you're not in our system anymore. So if you want to do us a favor, fill out a connect card, you can do a digital one or you can fill one out, uh, on, at connection point. We just want to make sure our system stays updated. So, uh, you should be getting stuff from us or at least some stuff like that. So please fill that out if you're not hearing from us at all but we would definitely like to reach out and pray for you and thank you for being here. So take time to fill that out. Also, if you want more information about who we are, what we do, you can download our app. So you can just scan that today and download the app. Make sure you get the app. That'll keep you in tune with what's going on and everything we're doing and, and all that good stuff. So please uh, continue to do that uh, and download that and make sure you got all your stuff. Um, Let's see, what else is going on? We had kingdom classes at nine o'clock every single Sunday this weekend. Uh, it was James, where's James at? He's probably doing push-ups. So James was teaching on nutrition and the body and fitness. And uh, look, man, James is a personal trainer and, and he'll work you out. So if you got questions about that stuff, talk to James. Uh, it's such an honor to have him here. He's an elder in the church and man, he's motivated about that. And if you don't know James and you haven't been coming long, because if you walk in, he'll grab you. If you're walking down the street, he'll grab you. So I was making a joke the other day. We were at the River Region Pregnancy Center thing and we're all running around and there's all these people out there and all I hear is James, you know, and he's introducing himself to people and I hear, that's my pastor over there. And I'm like, oh Lord, like the whole time, that's James right there. He's gonna introduce himself, tell, tell everybody where he goes to church and then try to introduce him to somebody. So it's awesome. But that was this week. So uh, next week, it's receiving your prayer language with Jeff and Pam um, and helping others too. This is good. So if you've ever had that question about, you know, what is that? You know, you hear people speaking in tongues. You talk about prayer language. Maybe you, uh, you don't truly understand like what that's all about or how to get it or any of those things. Jeff, is, Jeff studies this. He's really good with this and he likes to put people at ease and try to walk you through it. But if you have any questions about that, what a great opportunity, man. Show up uh, next week, nine o'clock, and he'll talk with you about that. You can ask questions and it'll be good. Uh, but it's one of the gifts given to us. So it's nice to know about these things and, and how we can use them. So, uh, and then if on the 26th, uh, we have how to read the Bible with me. So, hey, come on. So that should be a good day. Don't miss that one. Um, but honestly, that's just, maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you 
were never taught how to read the Bible. That happened to me for months and months after I got, gave my heart to Christ. Once I got saved, I had no clue how to read a Bible and nobody came up to me and said, read it. So I started reading it and then I got really tired. So it became what you put on your end stand so you can go to bed like your nightstand. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's time to go to bed, pull out my Bible. And that's how I learned how to read my Bible. So, uh, I, so please, if you have questions about that, man, come on out on the 26th. I would love to share with you. You can ask questions, we can talk about it, but this is a powerful, powerful, powerful word but it's also fun and there's so much stuff in it. And if you, to me, if you read it the right way, if you know how to dive into it, man, he opens up doors and windows and all kinds of garage doors. And like, there's so much you can see in the word. It's just exciting and it's fun. Um, so that's why that's important. So those are our kingdom classes coming up. And then we have small groups. If you've been in a small group, you're probably talking to all the small group leaders and we, we're not having seasons anymore. So what that means is we're not gonna be like, definitely shutting down at a certain time and definitely starting up at a certain time. Basically, I want people to get connected all the time. So uh, what we'll do is as they shut down, we'll try to remove them from the screen. And when they tell me they want to start back up, we'll put them back up. We'll talk about them a little more often. Well, this way people know what's going on. And I'm going to ask the leaders of those groups to reach out to people more and say, hey, by the way, uh, we'll be starting up again or we're going to do a random meeting. Like, you know, so if you're part of their uh, if you're part of their group and you're, you should probably be on a text or a message system of some sort, then, hey, it'll be an opportunity for uh, them to reach out to you. But those are still out there. Some of them are ending. So just get plugged in with that. I know it's going to be the holiday season, but, but man, you're not supposed to do life alone. You're supposed to be connected to people. And that's the way we do it here. Um, so those are our small groups. We have, uh, um, I'll, I'll mention this, we got Praise in the Park coming this Saturday. Come on, y'all. Should be excited it's not next Saturday because that's the Iron Bowl. God's good. That was the only date available in November. So God is really good. Um, so he gave us that date. But please, uh, Praise in the Park, that'll be our last one for the year. Okay, so if you've not attended a Praise in the Park on a Saturday, well, one, because you said, well, it was just too hot to go down there in the summer. Well, it's November. It's not hot on Saturday night. I can tell you it won't be hot. All right, so come on out, praise with us. It'll be the last one of the year. We'll probably pick it up in March again. Uh, we'll try to get on the calendar to do that, uh, to continue doing that as long as the Lord wants us to do it. Um, but it's a really good time. We get to pray over people. We get to worship and man, his, it's good. Like we get a lot of good feedback from that from the city. So we're making a difference. Whether we see it or not, there's a difference being made. There's an atmospheric change. There's things moving because of the obedience we have and what we're doing. So that's a really good time. So come out for that. Uh, we also have baptisms on December 3rd. So come on, that's coming up the first weekend of December. So yeah, if, you, if you've not been baptized or if you hadn't been baptized in a really long time, maybe you're baptized as a kid and you're like, well, I kind of went through that, but I don't remember it. Well, guess what? You can redo that stuff. This is an awesome time to say, I want to just a, a fresh start, a, an open door. I want to be able to say, hey, let's, from this point on, I just want to start over. So that's what our baptisms are, are geared towards. So we are definitely having baptism on the third. We already have some people uh, that want to get baptized, but sign up, please let us know. Talk to somebody at the church um, so we can get that stuff prepared and take care of you. We just, I love baptism, so I can't wait to do that. I think the last one we did, we did it over at the YMCA. And that was when, October, September? Yeah, it was like September. So we are in November, so it was two months ago. 
But man, we had 16 baptisms over there. I mean, come on, y'all. This is good stuff. So uh, what a great opportunity. Sign up, let us know. And then we have, I'll re-emphasize this. We do have cleanup crews on Thursday. So if you're ever off on a Thursday, uh, you want to help out, you want to serve in the church. You know, we try to clean up the whole church on a Thursday. Um, So Kevin is heading that up. You can get with Kevin and uh, we try to make sure we get everything vacuumed and clean and stuff. And if that's on your heart and you got some free time, uh, we have people to help out with all that stuff. But man, they they don't want to do it alone either. (laughs) So they don't always want to do it. So uh, let's be a family and take care of what God's given us. Uh, That'll be really good. Man, um, shout out to Brother Rick. Come on, good to see you, brother. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to call her out, but I had somebody come and go, the healing guy's here. <laughs> That's a good name to have, man. Like, isn't that awesome when someone comes and someone recognizes him and says, the healing guy's here? <laughs> He's just like, no, Jesus is always here, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say who it was, Carmen. <laughs> That's awesome, though. But it's awesome to have you, brother, all the way. I mean, he comes in from Charlotte, and I love it when you come down and visit. We love having you. Uh, just an honor to be around you. It's fun. Uh, and we miss your bride. So um, tell Miss Karen that we said hello, and we miss her. Uh, so awesome. Well, I'm going to pray, and I want to jump into some stuff and uh, see where God takes us. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you that we get to do this, Lord. I just thank you. I thank you for this family. Come on, Father, touch my heart right now. Touch my lips. Let it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, I hope you guys are as ready as I am because I feel like I have not spoken in a really long time and things just keep building up and building up and building up. And I I don't want to forget, so I wrote them all down. So we have lunch being catered in. No, I'm just messing with you. We're not doing that, Uh, not doing that. Not this week, maybe next week. Um, But anyway, uh, here's what I realized. So we have a lot of new families coming in and and we've met a lot of new people. And when I meet with them and we talk with them, sometimes we eat with them, sometimes we just hang out with them. And they all kind of ask the same little questions like, okay, like what's God showing you for the church? Like for the family? Like what is it that God wants you to do? Um, What's gonna happen when the sanctuary's full. What's going to happen? You know, what, what are you supposed to do? So I end up talking to new people and saying, well, this is what God's speaking to me. And then he kind of laid it on my heart and says, you shouldn't have to tell people that because you should be sharing that enough times that people actually go, I understand what it is God wants us to do. And we talk a whole bunch about what we're doing in Millbrook and all that. But then I think there's times in our lives where God gives us dreams and he gives us visions and those things get tucked away. Right, so, so he speaks them and we get them and we get all excited and then those things get kind of hidden with, with all the other stuff he wants you to do. So we're, we're always doing stuff and we're always moving in directions and sometimes we forget to go back and go, oh Lord, look at that. Look at that, I forgot. Because what he'll do is he'll show us something that he gave us a vision or a dream about that came to pass. And I'm like, oh man, like oh, I remember you said that was gonna happen. So it takes me back to those moments and I get excited. So um, because what I believe is we're going to get those. So he reminds me of these visions, these dreams, and I believe we're going to get those. Um, but here's the thing. We're doing a lot of good things. As a church family, we do a lot of good things. And I think Kevin or somebody uses this term a lot, but I want to do God things. Right? Good things are good. God things are even better. Right? So the good part about us is that the good things we do are directed by God. 
right? But we can't get so caught up in just doing good things, even in our personal life, because I'm not just talking about corporate dreams. I'm talking about you, God giving you a dream or a vision for your life, and you're doing good things. And he's like, but you're not doing what I told you to do. Does that make sense? And we get so caught up in the hustle bustle of the little things that are good, we forget that God gave us a dream, God gave us a vision. We just failed to pull back out of our memory bank and say, well, what am I, what am I doing? Am I, am I doing what I need to be doing uh, to, to, to answer the call that God's put on my life? Okay? So what I realized this morning as I was praying and, and reading over some stuff is that this is probably going to continue on. I'm not going to be able to cover all this today. So um, that's a good thing for y'all. Okay, that's a good thing for y'all. Uh, so we're going to revisit some stuff. Um, because here's the thing. It's, it's God's job to really give it to us, but then it's our job to pursue him with everything we have. It kind of ties into what Sarah was talking about day and night, night and day. But God will give you a dream or a vision, but it's our job to pursue him, right? Not to pursue it but to pursue him with that in our heart, that on our mind. And so when we pursue him with that, a lot of other things will start falling into place. Um, so I wanna talk about this. There's, there's a bunch of stuff about dreams in the Bible. So we're gonna talk about dreams. Um, we're gonna talk about God dreams versus our dreams. And I'm not, so there it is. That's, a, that's our graphic for today. I don't know where it's going after this. But God's dreams are big. You can leave it up there. So we got God's dreams are bigger than your dreams. But a lot of people try to go, yeah, but this is what I want in my life. So Lord bless it. And he says, but hang on, it doesn't work that way. Like I have something for you and I want to bless that. But we have a problem with that because we don't submit to that. Like we're not willing to obey him in that manner. We like to just say, well, this is what I want to do. So Lord, I need your help with that. So uh, I'm going to talk about Joseph. So we're going to jump into um, the story of Joseph. I'm going to do a bunch of reading, try to touch on this, but we're probably going to go back into this uh, numerous times. So we're going to go to Genesis uh, 37. I'm going to start reading at one. So Genesis 37. I just like it because I want to lay out what's going on in Joseph's life uh, and how he deals with some of this stuff because you might relate to this in your walk and how you're doing things and what's going on. So everybody there? I hear pages turning still, so I'll wait. Book of Genesis. That's like one of the, I mean, I think of the book of Genesis in my Bible is probably the most worn out, and then I go to the Gospels. I don't, <laughs> so I, it's not that I skip over the rest of that, but I don't read them as much. It's like I got to get the Gospels down, and then once I understand the Gospels, he makes me hop back in and read all the Old Testament with a different vision and a different lens, so I start seeing things differently, um, and that's big. So uh, let's go to Genesis 37. It says, so Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan. So Jacob's his dad, uh, where his father had lived as a foreigner. And this is the account of Jacob and his family when Joseph, and then it goes, this is the account of Jacob and his family. And then it goes right into Joseph. He had brothers. He actually had some sisters. But it goes, this is the account of Jacob and his family. And it goes right into Joseph. So when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Billah and Zilpha. Uh, but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Okay, so here, here you have a story about Joseph. He has 12 brothers. Well, actually 11. 
11 brothers, and he's the second youngest. So you need to understand this. He is the second youngest. Benjamin is the youngest. He's the second youngest. He is um, 17 at this point. Okay, and this is the dream that he's actually talking about, but he has dreams. Like this is what he does. God speaks to him through dreams and visions. But, um, and that's important that we understand this as we keep going. It says, uh, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. So he was the one that was loved by his dad because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So here you have, he's a half brother. His brothers already hate him, right? They, they just don't like him. And this guy is working for his stepbrothers and they don't like him. And he's 17. So he's going through everything that you would think a 17 year old young man would go through other than the fact he's really working every day, <laughs> right? Not a lot of schools to go to back then. You know, this guy's working in the fields, but he's, he submits to his brothers, submits to his father, right? And he's getting these dreams that are powerful and he, he wants to share them with somebody. So it says, one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Then he says, listen to this dream. He said, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king? Do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. So this is his first dream that we are counting for in the Bible, but he obviously has a bunch of them, right? But this is the one he shares and they're like, do you really think like you're gonna reign over us? And he's like, I don't know, it's a dream God gave me. Like I got this dream, right? And for some reason, it doesn't sound right, it sounds unusual, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I'm gonna reign over you guys and you're gonna bow low before me. Remember, he's like the second youngest so even for him to take over the family business, like 10 others have to die. I mean, if you really look at a kingdom, this is how it works. So he is in nowhere in line. And then if they all died, they wouldn't be bowing down to him. So in his mind is, this ain't gonna happen. Like, I'm sure he's having conversations with the Lord going, what are you talking about? Like, how are they gonna bow down to me when, and I'm so young and, and they're still alive and they don't like me anyway, right? So Joseph is going through this, right? He's going through these dreams. Have you ever had a dream that, that you get where you're just like, man, that sounds awesome, but there is absolutely no way that's happening. This is Joseph. <laughs> He's confused. He's like, God, why would you give me a dream like this when there's no possible way I could ever make that happen in my life? All right, so let's keep going. <sighs> Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. I'm sure they're excited at this point. He said, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. He goes, <laughs> he's like, everything's bowing before me, guys. Do you love me anymore? 
You ever had one of those people that are just like, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. <laughs> Got your heartbeat in my chest. I have all these dreams, everything's coming true. God's telling me everything's gonna bow down to me. Now, I don't know how he's saying it. I mean, he, he's, he might be a little more humble than that or not. All right. <laughs> so he says, everything's gonna bow low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father uh, wondered what the dreams meant. Right? What did the dreams mean? So here's the difference between our dreams and God's dreams. And that's kind of where I'm going to go with this for a moment. You know, his dad didn't even understand, like, what does this dream mean? But Joseph knows. Because if God's speaking to Joseph, and we'll get into that, if he's spending time with God, then God's given him all this. And Joseph is just doing exactly what he's supposed to do at that moment, which is not worry about it. He goes, Lord, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to walk in obedience no matter what it is. And God, you're going to have your way with whatever you want to do. And I can tell people about it and they're going to laugh at me and they're going to joke with me. But Lord, you said it, so it's on you, not me. This is Joseph's posture, I believe, in this moment. So he was a dreamer and he obviously shared a lot of dreams. So our dreams. So when I want to really want to break this down. Let's talk about our dreams. Our dreams is something that we desire for ourselves. That's what our dreams are. So as a kid, I had a dream. You know, I wanted to be like a professional basketball player. That was my dream, right? And I could play, but I was not a professional basketball player, right? But it was my dream. But it wasn't God's dream for my life. Right? So we get a lot of dreams that we want because of what we determine success is. You know, why did I want to become a basketball player? I want to be on TV. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be the best. I mean, not one of those things was, God, I just want to glorify you in this moment. If you just make me a professional basketball player, I will put crosses on my face and I will run around. That's not why I wanted to do it. Like I saw all the other stuff in it. Right? Right? So our dreams, it's something that we strive for. You understand that when you have a personal dream, you will strive for it. You will work towards it. You will sacrifice for it. That's what you do for your dream. You strive. That's your dream. Okay, it's something that, that usually has been done for somebody else or somebody else did it. So basically when you have a dream for yourself, you go, well, that person did it. Let me just talk to them and figure out how to get it done. It's actually something you can accomplish. I could have become a basketball player. If I worked hard enough, if I strived hard enough, if I positioned myself in that atmosphere enough, I could have done it. Have you ever told your kids you can do anything you want in life? You can if you strive for it. Can I tell you there's no rest in striving for something? There is zero rest in striving for something. If you get something by striving to get it, you'll have to keep it by striving. So there'll be no rest in your life because you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it because of what you deem is successful. And then guess what? The world changes and all of a sudden that's not successful anymore. So now you change your dream. 
And you strive to get the next thing. You strive to get the bigger paycheck. You strive to get the bigger house. You strive to get everything bigger because the world changes and all of a sudden your dream's not good enough, right? So you strive to get the next big thing. And it's all about striving and striving and working harder and working harder. That's your dream. So is there anything wrong with dreaming? No, not one bit. But it's different than God's dream. Think about this. If you want to become a doctor, do you agree that to become a doctor or a lawyer, you study, you go to college, you pass all the tests, and you're a doctor or a lawyer? Anybody can do that. If you work hard enough, anybody can do that. And I'm not taking away from doctors or lawyers because it obviously takes a lot to do that. And there's some people, if you ask them, like, why do you want to be a doctor? Their answer will be, man, because I, I just want to heal people and I just want to be part of that. And then there's some people that are doctors because their parents were doctors and they're like, if you want to stay in the family business and you want to make good money and you want to be able to do what you want to do in your life and you want to go on vacations and do this and do that, then you need to become a doctor. Different mindset, right? So if you want it, you can do it. You want to start your own business? You want to be a business owner? You can do it. We live in a phenomenal country that says you can do whatever you want to do, Right? But we get that confused because that's not what really God wants you to do. You understand? Now, I think that, that as we move on in life and we do things and then we enter into this relationship with God, he'll use whatever we have if we let him. So I'm not saying that, that doing those things is bad. Don't get what I'm not saying. I think all those things are great. It's the order in which we do them. One can generate something so completely at rest and so perfect and so wonderful. And the other one will generate stuff eventually once you surrender it to God. So the key is how do we figure out what God wants us to do the fastest, <laughs> like recognize that. And then how do we submit to that and say, all right, Lord, have your way. But we don't, like we usually go about the world and we do our own things because we think this is better for me. And then, and then you go to school and you don't use a degree or you go here and you don't do that or you go here and that doesn't work. And then eventually you submit to the Lord and the Lord's like, man, let me show you something that's so amazing that I put inside of you, that I breathed inside of you, that I molded inside of you from the day that you, you were, before I put you in your mother's womb, I created you for this. Yes. I'm telling you, it's different. God's dreams for your life are different than your dreams for your life. So basically our dreams tend to have an answer that's obtainable through effort, right? God's dreams, not so much, right? God's dream is something which he desires for us and his dreams are bigger than our dreams. His dreams are so much bigger and his dreams are unattainable through effort. Think about that. His dreams are so big you can't even think about how to do it. I mean, go all, go all the way back to Noah. Build an ark. <laughs> they didn't have water. You want me to do what? Build a boat. Okay, and he builds it. His dream, God's dream for Noah, he had no clue how to do it, but God provided for him as he did it, right? So big dreams. This is what I'm talking about. God, how he wants to do things. And God's dreams require faith. God's dreams require so much faith because you have no clue. You have no clue how it's going to happen. You have no clue how you're going to get from point A to point B. But you know, you know the way to get there. You don't know how it's going to happen, but you understand the vehicle you're going to get there by, him. Amen. He is the vehicle. He's the one that's going to get you there. So when you pour into him, when you focus on him, 
right? The effort's not you doing something. The effort's in you just simply resting in him. And things will happen. Is this making sense? The good part about this is God's dreams will always align with the word. Example. God will not come to you and tell you that somebody else's wife is supposed to be yours. So if you're praying for another spouse, you can't be like, well, God told me. I know they're married, but God's going to make that. No. Doesn't align with the word. That's what I mean by that. That's the simplest way I can state that for you. Okay. So God's dream for your life will line up with the word. It's not going to counterdict what he's already said. Hmm. So our key is to decipher what is that in us and, and, then, and then how do we trust him and let him walk us through what he wants to walk us through. Mm. So think about this. Joseph was going through that same thing. He's, he's, he's walking through that and he's thinking to himself, how in the world is this going to happen? I'm just in the, I'm in the field working for my brothers tending to their sheep. This doesn't make any sense, but okay, Lord, I'm just going to be in you. I'm going to be so in you and you're going to be so in me that I'm not going to worry about anything. Thanks for the dream. Put it in my pocket. They didn't like it anyway. And keep doing what I do, which is seek you with all of my heart and let you do what you want to do. So I'm going to keep reading in this and then I'll jump back into me talking. But I want to go into verse 12. I'm just going to cover all this so that I can just keep talking. Verse 12, it says, Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to the pasture their father's flocks, to pastor the father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pastoring the sheep in Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I am ready to go, Joseph replied. So go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back to me and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way and Joseph traveled to Shechem uh, from the home in the valley of Hebron. When they arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing this sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved from, on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Can I tell you this? People don't like dreamers. <laughs> People don't like anybody that has a bigger hope and a bigger dream than they've had. They can't stand it. Especially when you're, you're like, I don't even know how it's going to happen. I'm just going to believe it. Because every time I believe it, it happens. Right? So, so the people closest to you won't like your dreams. So we got to learn how to walk this thing out, knowing that God's given us a dream and people aren't going to like that. All right, not even our family, not even our friends. And the good part is just like in this story, God's going to use their jealousy to advance your dream. Because everything in this was advanced by their jealousy. And he couldn't do anything about it. Like, like I, that's what I love about this whole story. I can't wait to get into this even deeper. Mm. 
So I wrote this down because I really like this. Was, was, so what looks like a setback to your dreams can just be the setup for God's dream to come true in your life. Joseph is walking into a, a season that he has people that want to kill him. And he doesn't know it. Like he's coming in like a horse of a different color. <laughs> he's got his, his, his jacket on and it's all there. I mean, they see him coming from a distance. He doesn't even know what he's walking. He thinks he's walking into the, to his brothers and his family. He doesn't even understand what he's going into. Ah, so what doesn't kill you can make you better. Right? Because they had a plan to kill him and that was a false plan. Hmm. So let's pick it up in Genesis uh, 39. I'm going to jump to this. I mean, I, I'm... So basically, if you don't know, let me go back. If you don't know the story, they, they plan on killing him. They want to throw him in the, instead of killing him, they, they throw him in the cistern. So that, that was the whole point was that they really wanted to just kill him. But they figured, we'll throw him in there. There's no water in there. Put him in there. And then he'll just die. Right? That, that was their point. He'll just die. And then we won't be blamed for it. And we can lie. Right? And then, and then we'll get away from it. But what they do is then as they put him in there, uh, his one brother, Reuben, he heads off. You know, he's the one that told him, don't kill him. <laughs> he leaves, and then they see these traders coming, and they're like, hey, we'll just sell them to these guys. <laughs> so now you're being sold by your family. The closest ones to you. I'm telling you, dreams will get you in trouble. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, let's go to Genesis 39.1. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the, the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So here he is walking and he's purchased by this guy. So now he's a slave and he's purchased by this guy who is the captain of the guard for the king of Egypt. You couldn't be in a worse position. I mean, well, I guess he could have. He was going to be killed, right? But as I was reading through that whole thing, I'm reading about him being thrown in a cistern. Nowhere does it say that Joseph is crying out. Nowhere does it say that he's, he's like screaming at them, fighting them. It doesn't say that. You would imagine that's probably what's going on. What's going on in Joseph's head? I'm pretty sure he wasn't just at complete peace. Maybe he was. I'm pretty sure he was like, uh, what just happened? How am I going to get out of this? I'm stuck in this thing. I'm going to die. But at some point he found himself in an enclosed area with nobody around him. And he had one person to turn to. One person. And he probably said, you remember the dream? Well, the dream ain't going to happen in here, man. So just have faith. Because sometimes if we remember the dream God has for us and it hasn't come true yet, we don't even have to try to climb out of the cistern. We don't even have to struggle to do that. We don't have to strive to do that. Because guess what? Well, God told me that's going to happen. So this can't be the end of my life. So, Lord, you said it. Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. Lord, I'm going to praise you. Lord, I'm going to pray to you. And then they pull him out and they give him to these traitors. <laughs> and he's sold off. So the Lord was with Joseph. I love that. Verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. You go from being thrown in a cistern to being traded to being bought by somebody and the very next verse says but the Lord's with him how can that be 
How can it be that when things aren't lining up and things seem the worst in your life and when nothing's going right and are not aligning up with the dreams in your life that the Lord is with you? How does that happen? I think that's the key. And I think that's where we have to focus on when we move forward in this is the key is how do we get the Lord to be with us? That's the key to all this because he knew what it was because I don't see a whole bunch of him fighting and squirming and complaining. I don't even see him complaining about his brothers. He's not sitting around going, oh, man, I had this dream and my brothers, man, it's all their fault that I'm not accomplishing this. How many times you do that? You fail at something and then you start pointing the fingers at everybody else because they said something, they did something. Mm, we are really quick to point our fingers and blame everybody else for something that we know we were supposed to do. When he says, if you focus on me, Man, if I'm with you, you're not going to fail. It's not going to look the way you think it's supposed to look. But if you trust me through it, man, it's going to come true because I spoke it. Like, but you got to trust me and you got to obey. You got to walk in this. And what I mean by obey is we got to say, Lord, I'm going to obey you before he tells you what to do. There's a, there's a heart posture in that. There's a, Lord, if you tell me to, I'm going to do it. And then just sitting back and you're walking around every day going, what are you going to tell me to do, Lord? And it's not one of those where he goes, okay, I need you to go do this. And you're like, well, hang on, let me pray about that, Lord. No, you have to posture yourself ahead of time to say, whatever you want, the answer is yes. And that's what I think Joseph is doing. He's like, Lord, you said it, I'm gonna do it. Whatever you want, Lord. And he's like, oh, so I'm sitting in the bottom of a well. Oh, I'm being traded. I mean, I wish I could be back. See, hey guys, <laughs> but they couldn't see him. <laughs> He's like, I'm being treated. This is awesome. Like, where are we going? I'm sure he wasn't that happy at the moment. <sighs> but it's so good to watch his life play out like this. So he's in, he's in this guy's home and he's serving. He succeeded in everything he did. And he didn't do it through striving and he didn't do it through effort. He did it through position. He did it through posture. He did it through proximity with the Lord. He did it through how close he was sitting with him. He did it through relationship. He did it through this, this heart posture with him where they were connected and weaved together. And he said, all I got to do is whatever you ask me to, because the Lord's got my back. Right? Uh, so Potiphar was captain. Okay, we already know that. Let me jump down. It says, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph giving him some success in everything he did. Can you, you know, when you start doing this, when you start walking with him and he's in you and you're in him and the Lord's with you, people start recognizing that. I mean, this guy's like, man, this guy's good. <laughs> I mean, you ever had an employee work for you or work for somebody or work next to somebody or play a sport with somebody or go to school with somebody and you're like, why are they so good? Like, you know it. You're like, that person's just good. Well, when you're with the Lord, you can't walk into places and people go, there's something about you. You walk into darkness, it flees. I'm telling you guys, this is real stuff. When you're so saturated with him and you're so in tune with him and your life is within him, it doesn't matter what's going on because you're just like, woohoo. <laughs> like, let's go. It doesn't mean that there's not a storm. It doesn't mean the things bad, the bad things aren't happening. It means you're postured so good with him that it's not bothering you. Man, this is different. It's a different way to live. Oh. So he saw that he had success and he said, this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. 
This guy went from being in a field to now he's in charge of the captain of the guard who works for the, the, the pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He's over all his stuff. I'm sure this, this kid was waking up going, huh? <laughs> you ever been in a position where it was just the favor of God and you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, like I was talking to a guy last night. He was at the house and we we're talking. And I'm just like, Isn't it? like, there's sometimes that I just feel like people ask me questions and I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, oh, I'm supposed to like, oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to tell you. Like, I feel honored, but wow, where am I going to get those answers? I said, I shared when I worked uh, in the military, I was over the Boeing engineers and they would fly me out to Long Beach to be part of these conferences to make major engineering decisions on C-17s. And the first time I went out there, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm going to a conference. And you get there and they got a little room for you and they call your name out and they give you all this stuff. And you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you show up and they got this big long table and a whole room full of all these engineers and people and they put you at the head table. And I'm like, hmm, they treat everybody like this? I'm like, this is kind of neat. And I'm sitting there and then they're like, and this is so-and-so. And, -so, and uh, who's got a question? And you're like, whoa, that's coming to me. And they start blasting you with questions. Like, you're going to listen to me? Like, how did I get in a position where you're going to listen to me? That's how I felt. I was like, wow. Like, I was like, okay, this is good. That's what the Lord will do. If you trust him, he's going to put you in positions and he's going to give you the answers and he's going to give you the solutions. But man, when you trust in him, you'll be surprised. You're just like, oh, wow, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen? You can't think back to striving for it. And it, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having dreams and working hard. What I'm saying is when it's the Lord's plan on your life and when it's the Lord's calling on your life, he'll make a way. It doesn't mean that you get to be lazy. This is not like lazy faith. Well, Lord said I was gonna be king. I'm just gonna sleep in all day. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is our faith is starts with him and, and we start with him and then he'll take care of everything else. Man. So here's the thing. We can't let our circumstances affect our, our sustainability. That's a big word for me, sustainability. In other words, we can't let what is happening in our life affect the rate and level in which we trust God. Because he's having a whole bunch of stuff happen to him pretty quick. I mean, it wasn't that long from the time that his brothers grabbed him, threw him in the well, and then they picked him up and threw him in to these traders and he was gone, right? So he can't let that affect the level of trust he has in the Lord about what's going on in his life. He's just got to believe, Lord, if this is your plan, then let's do this thing, all right? Let's do this. I'm all in. I already said, okay. So when Potiphar says, will you take over? He goes, yep, absolutely. That's the Lord. He didn't say, well, you understand who I am, right? You just brought me in here and, you know, I'm young and I'm not smart enough and I've been your servant forever. He didn't start trying to come up with an excuse why he couldn't do it. He just said, I'll do it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So when I really look at his life, he goes on. And if you don't know this, he, and I'll probably get into this next week. because I don't want to dive too far into this, but he'll go, you know, he goes in and gets put in prison and all kinds of stuff. And then the Lord blesses him even more and more and more. Um, so why is this important? Well, if I look at his life and we'll go back into this later on, but if I look at his life, he spent 22 years 
22 years it took from the time the Lord gave him a dream for the dream to come true. And in those 22 years, he didn't do anything to climb the ladder. He didn't strive. He wasn't out, you know, didn't have a campaign trail to say, I'm the best guy for the job, put me in. You know, this is somebody who lived in the Lord. The Lord lived in him. He walked in a fellowship. (laughs) Did he work? Yeah. Did he do a good job? Yeah. But you know how much easier that is when the Lord's telling you to do it? (laughs) And then he finds himself like, how did I get here? (laughs) Like, and, and he's over a whole bunch. So here's, I'm sharing all this because I believed it was supposed to take me back to some dreams that I had for the church. And I think I'll share those next week. But what I do want to share is how this played out in my life. Because this is, and I've shared this story before, but you need to understand this is real. So when I gave my heart to Christ and I was born again, right? I didn't know church at all, right? The first dream and vision I got immediately was me on a stage preaching, The same day, I get wrecked in a service. Don't even know what that is. I'm weeping. I'm crying. And I look at my wife and I go, I'm supposed to be up there. Like, I just saw it. And she laughed at me. (laughs) And I laughed at me because I'm like, there is no way. Like, I'm still trying to figure out, like, how not to go have a drink tomorrow. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't under, like, I'm trying to figure out how to save my family. So I took that and I just put it away. But I was so in tune with him. And that meant I had some ups and downs, but, but I was so in tune with him that that's all I wanted. So what I realized is when I woke up, I wanted him. And when I drove to work, I wanted him. And, and when I came home, I wanted him. And everything in my life shifted to focus on him, Right? And then the Lord, and I had other things to do, but then the Lord moved me out of where we were and brought us here to Alabama, which wasn't where we wanted to go. It was, it was a stalemate position for my job. I gave up promotion to come here, but it's what the Lord wanted. And I told the Lord, if you save everything in my life, if you save my marriage, if you save this, I'll do anything you want me to do. So I made a deal with him, right? And he answered the first one. Then after that, I already said, okay. So anything he came to me with had to be yes. And that's all I did. So from that point on, we come out here and we find this church and we just serve. And I come into church and I'm sitting like everybody else is sitting. And I'm just like, whatever you want from me. And I'm worshiping and I'm on the choir and, and I'm teaching classes. I'm like, I don't know. Like you got, they wanted me to teach a class. I'm like, I don't even understand what I'm teaching. Like, don't I need to read the Bible first? That wasn't a requirement in our church. <laughs> Once again, God put me in positions that I was like, you want me? So I'm at home studying. Like I was teaching basic stuff, you know, spiritual gifts, uh, you know, all these things that I think is basic, right? So, so I'm at home studying this as hard as I can because I'm like, they want me to teach this tomorrow in church and I don't even know what I'm talking about. And I'm calling people and I'm like, can you explain this to me? Because I got to teach this tomorrow. But I knew it was the Lord when he asked me to do it. So I said, yes. 
And what it forced me to do was actually just go in and go, well, I need to posture myself in front of you, Lord, and try to understand what it is I'm talking about. And I still have it ingrained in my head the one day I said something wrong when I was teaching and people picked on me forever <laughs> because of the way I said it. And I was like, whoops, you know, and I realized at that point, okay, I'm not going to say it wrong again. Like, I'm going to make sure that, that, that I understand what the Lord's telling me so I say it right. So we go through this, and then this whole time, God just kept saying, okay, I got something for you, All right? So then when he came to us, and when we were getting ready to, re to move out of here, we had to take orders, and it was either move every two years and travel around the world, and, and we just said, Lord, whatever you want to do. So, Lord, you make a way. And then 30 minutes later, we're in a group, and the pastor asked me to retire and, and, and come on staff at a church. And I'm thinking in my head, are you crazy? Like, I haven't gone through seminary. I didn't, like, I hear all this stuff now. I'm sitting there going, man, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't speak in tongues. I don't pray for people. Uh, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, I just believe I'm supposed to ask you. And I was like, yes, I'm sure. And I went in and hit the retirement button. And we retired. Now, granted, in that, in that little process between that thing, there was about a week's time in which I prayed to make sure it was the Lord. And once I felt the Lord on that, right, I had, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just not faithful like a lot of people back then. So when I felt it was the Lord, I was like, well, I'm gonna test it because I'm gonna put down the bare minimum amount of money I can make so I can actually do this thing. And if they meet my, my numbers, then I guess it's the Lord. And the number I put on the table and the number that he put on the table were the identical numbers. So he just made that really easy, really quick. And it was the bare minimum we needed to survive. So I was, I was testing them. I said, if Lord, if this is going to be it, it's going to be it. And then I hit the retirement button. Talk about nervous. Like I did 23 years in the military. I knew how to do that in my sleep. I had to wear the same thing every day. Come on, somebody. I didn't have to worry about what I looked like. I said, man, my shoes shine. My uniform was good. I was like, man, I got 30 of the same shirts. I was like, and nobody says, man, you wore that shirt last month, <laughs> right? So I was thinking, man, this is a big change. I didn't know what that's like. I had guarantee income. I had all this stuff, you know, and that crossed my mind for a real quick second. Like, what are you going to do if all this fails? And I said, I don't know, Lord, if you told me to do it, it ain't going to fail. So we just did it. And we just stepped out in faith. And I said, yes, not knowing because I'm running the finances and I'm running leadership because that's what I taught, but I'm not knowing that that's going to turn into anything different than the patent and a bunch of stuff happens. And then, then we move over here and then the pastor leaves, right? Remember this pastor leaves. I'm the second up. <laughs> so when he leaves, I'm going, well, what do we do? And people look at me like, I don't know. What do we do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've never preached a sermon. I don't know. Like, I was like, I just started praying for people last week. <laughs> I was like, what do you do? I don't know, Lord, tell me what to do. And here's what he did. We were, um, we were already had plans to team up with another church to do uh, this backpack giveaway thing. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, we're gonna continue to do it. Cause I said, I can easily plan stuff. So we just planned. And the pastor over there was like, hey man, why don't you come up and share with me? We'll do a joint sharing on, for the backpack giveaway. Cause we're gonna have 600 people and they're gonna come in this year. And we're just gonna talk to him. And I'm like, man, I can play off you in a heartbeat. Like, what do you want me to say? And he goes, well, let's just pray about it. And I'm like, okay. I've not shared in front of anybody about the gospel, all right? 
And I show up there that day and he comes out and he goes, hey man, I'm just not going to share today. You're going to share. And I was like, what do I play off from? <laughs> like, you got notes? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm just not, not supposed to share today. So I'm just going to give you like 15 minutes. And I was like, whoa. So now I'm sweating like everywhere. I'm sweating out my arm pants. I'm like, <laughs> I'm completely done. <laughs> like there's sweat pouring down me. I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to share with these people? Like I'm a finance guy. <laughs> so I walk out there and the Lord just takes over. And I, I don't even know what I shared. I don't know what I shared. 88 people gave their heart to Christ. That don't make sense. Because I didn't come out of anything but what was in my heart. It didn't make sense. And I was disappointed because I thought I sounded horrible. I critiqued myself all the way home. I called my buddy who left here, who was the pastor. And I said, dude, I never want to do this again. I said, I was so unprepared. I said, it was the worst thing ever. And he goes, well, man, did anybody like surrender and give their heart? I said, 88. He's like, what is your problem? He's like, get over yourself, man. Like, this is not about you. This is about you listening to what the Lord wants you to do. And at the same point, it was a flashback and he pulled it out of my back pocket. And he said, I put you on a stage that I showed you in a dream when you gave your heart to me. He goes, and you didn't strive for it. You didn't even want it. He goes, you simply said yes. And look, did I do other things? Yeah, but I just submitted to him the entire time. I wasn't comfortable with it. I felt stretched. Man, and I'm like, Lord, and he just hit me in the face with it. He goes, remember that dream I gave you? There you go. And now I thought that was it because we were hiring a pastor. <laughs> I was like, woo, never got to do that again. I thought that was it. I was like, thank you, Lord, for letting me be part of that. I was thankful. You know, I had to correct myself and I was thankful and I was like, thank you, Lord. This is so, so good. But man, I, did, I wanted nothing to do with that. There's your pastor speaking. I'll just get real. I want nothing to do with that. I was like, mm-mm. And then we hired a pastor and that didn't work out. And then here I am. And I went from speaking one sermon to a family just having to speak every single weekend. And that, let me tell you, will put you in a whole new realm. Right? And it's only through him. Right? It's only through him if you just listen and trust. And like he had that dream for me, and I didn't go back to it, but all I did was submit to it. I submitted to him. That's the difference between our dreams and his dreams. His dreams, if you just let him do what he wants to do in your life and not worry about all those little odds and ends and what it looks like and all the fears we have built up in the world about, do I have enough money to do this and this and I'm supposed to do this and but this is what my parents told me to do and this is what this person told me to do. And if we don't get caught up in that and we just say, Lord, have your way. Do what you wanna do. Talk to me, speak to me, work through me. And that's all through relationship. He'll have his way. And the dreams will come true and they'll come to pass. And it's his dream and not your dream. Because this never popped up once in my childhood. <laughs> never once. I'll, be, I'll joke with this, but never once did I as a kid go, I cannot wait to be a starving pastor. <laughs> huh, Kev? <laughs> Kevin's shaking his head. He's like, I know, I know. 
I said, I, that never came out of my mouth. That was not the hot, like, I didn't even, like, that's crazy. But there's a difference between submitting and following the world and following the Lord. And man, we got to separate that and we got to come underneath him and we got to trust in him and we got to, man, let him do what he wants to do and not worry about it. Like, it doesn't mean that my life was perfect through all that. Like there's a lot of deep prayer and a lot of stuff that went on with that, which I'm sure Joseph was doing the same exact thing. I guarantee you, he's sitting in the bottom of the cistern going, oh my Lord, <laughs> what now? Like, you know, so there were times in my life and our family where we just had to make decisions, but we had to do it based on who he was and not who we are and what he said, and not what I said and what he wants for my life and not what I want for my life. All right. So hopefully that's just a little trigger about, I don't know what's going to come after this, but I know I got a whole bunch more that I'll, we'll just kick it up next week. But I want you to think about this. What, what was it that God showed you a long time ago? What did he drop in your pocket? What did he put in your heart? that you said, that's, that's, that's not even possible. That's what I said when he showed me. It was like, <laughs> what did he put inside of you that you said and counted it off already? The minute he gave it to you, you said, that's not possible. The minute, the minute he said it, you just completely wrote it off because you said, there's no way I can get there from here, right? There's no way I can get from this point to that point. That's where God wants us. He wants you where you can't do it. Understand that. He wants you to the point where you have no clue and you just turn to him and go, well, Lord, if it's you, you'll do it. Right? And then you take those little steps and you just submit to him and, and he'll make a way. So I don't know who that's for this morning, but um, man, let's just play. Can we play some music? I just want to talk about that. But So I never really think it's about having a dream too big. I just think it's more like having faith that's too small. And I'm not trying to tell you that you can go do anything you want to do. Like I'm going to come against what society says. <laughs> Don't go do anything you want to do. Posture yourself and say, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Because this is all for him. This whole thing is for him. That everything we do, every breath we take is for his kingdom and for him to use, not us. Man, we're only here for a moment, y'all. It's not about how much gain we can make and how successful we can be in our own eyes. Man, what impact is it gonna make on the kingdom? On people that need to know him and be in a relationship with him and lives that can change, countries that can change. Man, we got to take ourselves out of this. But he created you to use you. He created you to love you. He created you with a purpose and a plan and he molded you for it. So you're in the right place. Today you're at the right place and you're listening to the right word because he knew it was going to happen. And you need to get back on track with what the Lord told you to do. You need to get it back in your memory and say, Lord, I don't want to strive for it, but Lord, remind me Remind me why you made me. Remind me about the dreams. Remind me what it is you want to do in my life. Man. And these young guys have it the worst because, man, they've got life in front of them. 
See, some of us, we feel like we've already been doing what we're doing for so long, there's no change. 23 years in the military. I really thought I was just going to work for the government the rest of my life. So it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, God will use you in a mighty, mighty way. We got a guy showing up at Jim Paul's on Tuesday that's 80 years old, still preaching the gospel. Right? Is it Tuesday? <laughs> Making sure I don't want people showing up if they ain't supposed to be there. Right? And he's showing up to preach the gospel. I mean, he's going to come share with a whole bunch of men and he's 80 years old. See, the calling doesn't stop. The passion will never go away. Like when it's him, it's real. We need to submit to that. You need to do that through posture, through proximity, through closeness with him. Man, I can get into the whole Martha Mary thing. I'm not going to do that. <sighs> Rest in him. In him. Close to him. Hear his heartbeat. Be that close with him that you know how much he loves you. And man, he's going to share stuff with you. And then all of a sudden, it might not look right. Everything's not going to look good through our worldly eyes. But man, stay focused on his eyes. Don't take your eyes off him and watch what happens. Watch what he can do with everything he wants to do in your life. So yeah, I just wanted to bless you with that this morning. I want you to be blessed. I want you to walk out of here in a whole different posture. Can you, let's stand to our feet. You know, I'm kind of glad that when that happened in my life, I didn't have a whole bunch of people grab me and try to teach me the way they want, they thought I should learn. You know, if I would have told somebody back then in my life that, hey, I, I believe I'm supposed to be a pastor, the people would have grabbed me and they would have shoved me in seminary and they would say, go to Bible school. And I would have done it. Not that that's bad, but I would have said, okay, Lord, I guess you want me to go to Bible school. And then I would have probably started studying theology. And then I would have probably went on and got a doctorate so I could believe I was smart enough because in the military, you're never smart enough. So they just want you to keep going to school, right? So that's what was ingrained in my head. So if I would have brought that dream up to somebody, they would have been like, there's one way to do it and one way only. This is it. You got to go this path. Well, if somebody else walked the path, I don't want to do it. Don't make me like, uh, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I want the path that like God says, I'm going to pioneer this, man. I want to go do something that's so me that nobody can deny it. I want to do something in you that nobody can say you did it on your own. That's the path I want. I want the path that is so beautiful and so perfect and so unique and it looks so different. And that's what he wants for our church. You need to understand that this is going to look different. This is going to be a path that is completely different from what normal people think. I'm going to call them normal people. I don't know what else to call them. Mm. <laughs> this will not look like what the world says church is supposed to look like. It won't. And I'm not saying never. <laughs> Trust me, that's on my heart every day. I'm not saying never. If God wants it to, it will. But can I tell you right now what he's showing me? Oh, this is going to be so unique and so just organic and so perfect. It's not going to look like what other people think it's supposed to look like. Man. Mm. So what's he want to do in your life? Mm. 
What's that dream? And if he hasn't spoke to you yet, if you don't have that dream in your heart, man, seek him with all of your heart. Spend time with him and ask him. Hmm. Be a dreamer. (laughs) Write that stuff down. You know, I went back into my journals and man, it's so awesome when you can go back and go, oh, wow. Look at the stuff he said and look at the stuff that's happening. Man, it'll blow your mind. So I challenge you to dream. I challenge you to trust him with all of your heart. And I'm challenging you to go out and find what that is. What was it that you put aside that he gave you? Because he still, look, if he said it, it's true. It didn't die away because you took a wrong turn. A great part is he'll pick it up right where you're at. And he'll say, remember when I showed you this when you were five? You're gonna be like, whoa. He said, didn't go nowhere. I still got it for you. So Father, right now, I just lift up all the hearts in the room. You see the hearts, you see the minds. Father, I pray right now that Lord, as you fill them up, Lord, that they'll have fresh dreams and new dreams. And Father, you'll share stuff with them that that shows them where you want them to go. Father, I come against striving. Father, I come against, uh, Father, the fact that they've got to earn this. Oh, Lord, make this so peaceful and so organic. Mm. Lord, have your way. Mm. Touch them, Father, touch them. For those that believe that it's too late, Father, will you renew that inside of them right now? Uh, Will you love on them a little bit right now? Let them feel you right now and remind them that it's not too late. It's just on time. And you can still do amazing things with that. So teach us, Lord, how to love you. Teach us how to trust you. Come alongside us when we need you, Lord. Father, just have your way in everything we do. I'll invite our prayer team members off to the crosses. If you've been struggling with some of this and you feel like you want a family member to pray over you and love on you, then please come and let somebody pray for you. Please come and let them just speak life into what God's trying to do in your life. Maybe you want to come up to the altar and just repent and just turn back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you the first time. It's going to be open. We're just going to sit in this. It's going to be open for you to just come up. We're going to be here for you. love to pray over you this morning there's healing needs to be done well lord's positioned people in this house and brought people into this house today to walk you through that so we have a healing ministry they would love to pray over you if you need that this morning you can come up front we'd love to be here for you so father right now we just surrender it to you father we love you we thank you that you have bigger plans than we've ever had We thank you that you have a handle on all this. 
we thank you that all we have to do is just surrender to you. So, Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Y'all, if you need prayer, come get prayer. Be blessed. I look forward to seeing everybody next week. And we'll pick this thing off where we dropped it. Pick it right back up.